they can see is the number one factor in determining whether you're going to be successful or not. If you have a high vacancy rate, I don't care what any of your other numbers are, you are not going to be successful because every year you're losing all of your income from a turnover. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right. Well, today I want to thank Eric Hitzelberger for joining us today from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Eric is a founder of the Freedom Property Group in Louisville. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great, Jay. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you as well. I'm excited to get to uh, finally talk to you and uh, do this. I know we've talked about it several times, so I'm really excited yeah. for you. And I really appreciate you uh, stepping in and uh, helping us out and giving us some, uh, a little bit of education today. No problem. I enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, let's start out. If you don't mind, let's start out about like what got you into creating Freedom Property Group. So I started investing in real estate several years ago, actually around 2006, 2007. And at the time I didn't have a lot of financial knowledge. Um, I, I just did it kind of at that time because everyone else was doing it. And so I, I started doing it then and I, I had a full-time job with a 401k cause that's what, you know, everyone had told me to do up until that point. And, you know, I watched in 2008 as my real estate investments did fairly well, but my 401k just collapsed over, you know, a very short period of time. And I really had no idea what to do with it. You know, I, I'm fairly educated and, but no one had ever really taught me about finance and, and personal finance stuff. And, and so I kind of sat there helpless as I watched my 401k collapse. And, and at that point I decided to, you know, learn a lot more about finance and, and try to understand it and see if there was a way to prevent that in the future. And so over the years, I, I kept on, um, you know, I spent a lot of time studying and, and traveling around and, and learning about personal finance and about investing and realized that most people were in the position that I had been in. And, and most people didn't have a background uh, and didn't have a solid knowledge about investing. And, and all they did was, you know, kind of what the financial brokers told them to do, which is throw money into your 401k and just kind of hope. Right. And so we started Freedom Property Group as a way to teach people about passive investing and how to earn, let your money earn money and how to do it in a somewhat protected manner so that you could actually retire and, and have the lifestyle that you want to have. And, and that's what we do. We, we teach people about investing and then we offer them some opportunities as well. Well, I, I know I definitely have uh, learned quite a bit from you and, and also your, uh, your business partner, Brian, like both of you guys I've reached out to multiple times over the last few years with probably some pretty silly questions, but, uh, kind of like you, you know, I didn't have like a formal education in investing or finance or anything like that. So I'm kind of learning as I go along, but I've been fortunate to find a few people in the last uh, several years to really help me kind of step that up, you know, and that's what we're hoping to do today is pass on some of that information. And hopefully I'll learn some more as well. And uh, other people can learn it with this. But one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on, what well, you, you slightly touched on with your intro was uh, on your website, for instance, like you guys say, that you're trying to provide freedom through real estate, right? And I think that that kind of like, it's so well put and so simple because it really does mean a lot of things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And what we really teach is 
ways to develop passive income. And passive, you know, most people have active income. Active income means that you go to a job or you, you get commissions or you do something where you're trading your time for, for money. Right. Um, and very few people have true passive income. Um, passive income is where it doesn't matter whether you show up to work today or not, you're going to get paid. Right. Um, and, and you're going to get paid if you go on a vacation for a month, if you're unable to work, what, whatever it is, you're going to continue to get paid. And that's what we try to teach people about how to, how to build a passive income portfolio. Because when you, when you have a passive income portfolio that, that exceeds your active income, now you don't have to work. You don't have to worry about how much savings I have. I've got enough to live on because I get new money every month. Right. Right. That's, that's huge too. And, and, uh, when you have things like bumps in the road, like you were talking about 2008 or even right now with COVID and stuff, uh, saw the same thing, even like with, you know, my mom, her, her investment accounts drop drastically and, you know, they're bouncing back some and stuff, but you know, that was, that's a huge hit. And if it happens to come at a time where you need that, that money, if you need to liquidate, that's, you're kind of out of luck, you know, <laughs> whereas I, like you said, I feel like the real estate side, that passive income continues to, you know, it really kind of weathers those uh, bumps a lot, a lot better than, you know, those accounts, like not that there's not a great place for those type of investment accounts as well. Well, certainly, certainly there's a, there is a place for them in, in people portfolio. I have some money in, in the stock market as well, but that's not money that I uh, rely on. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. It's something I hope that I'll have and, and some wealth that I hope that I'm building, but it's not something I'm going to rely on for day to day living uh, going forward. For sure. For sure. For, for people that uh, might not understand the term, can you kind of give us a description of what, uh, when you say turnkey, sure. like what that means? Because I know a lot of people I don't believe will understand that one. So what we do, you know, from, from a passive income perspective is we want, uh, I think real estate's the easiest passive income to generate. So that being said, it takes some specific knowledge. It takes uh, time and it takes some expertise. There is an active portion of this and we try. And so we are a turnkey provider, which means that we're going to handle all of the active part. We go out, we buy the properties, we renovate them, we put um, residents in there, and then we sell it as a managed investment and, and we, we managed it after the fact. So if you're an investor, Jay, and you wanted to, to buy a, an asset, just like you would go to a stockbroker and try to buy a stock, you would come to us and you would buy an, an investment product, that, which in this case happens to be a home that somebody's living in, and you're going to get a rate of return based on that, the, the purchase price and, and the rent that's being delivered to you. But you don't have to do anything. Just like if you went out and bought Coca-Cola stock, you don't participate in Coca-Cola activities. Right. You don't participate in the day-to-day activities of managing the home and having to deal with um, residents and contractors and all those other things. So the turnkey aspect is that we take care of the whole thing for you. And I think that uh, um, one thing that can't be overlooked is the bandwidth it does take to be a rental manager. If you try to do it yourself, I mean, I've done one, one or two myself, you know, like with one or two properties, it's one thing. When things are going well, it seems like, okay, well, this is easy, right? And then when yeah. things aren't, there's no amount of money that can compensate for the time suck that can yeah. be the rental management. Yes. And when you're doing it yourself, you're, you're just completely at the, the mercy of random events. And if it's Christmas day and someone's furnace goes out or if it's new year's Eve and their toilet goes out, whatever, you, you've got to be responsible for, for that. Right. And so 
you know, these are things that you, like you just said, it, there's no amount of money you wouldn't pay at that point to have someone else deal with this problem. Uh, absolutely. And you can't really do that after the fact. When the problems hit, you can't just dump it. No one's going to let you dump it off in their lap, unfortunately. Yes. Would be nice. Um, what another question kind of, uh, so people kind of understand, cause we see a lot now, like everyone on TV sees, uh, people flipping properties, right? So that's kind of like a thing to do. And I'm sure you have some very, uh, probably some good stories we could get into with that as well. And how, uh, people that are kind of dabbling in it can impact like a whole, really a whole, a whole business or a whole industry in a sense, you know, as, as far as like driving up prices, uh, to get the prehab properties, you know, and it just trickles down all the way across. But, uh, one thing that I 100% think people sometimes underestimate when they think they're going to get in and do something that the, the expense that can be occurred to try to do that yourself, you know, whereas some like a, a company like yourself, you know, you guys, where you have the professionals that do it regularly and can really have a lot better, uh, prediction of the outcome of what money is going to go into it. And then the fact that you do it at a scale where it, you know, it's repetitive that you can do it at a lower price. So that, that, uh, that does play in because I know a lot <laughs> out here, especially, you know, people watch TV and they think, Oh, great. I did, this is what I want to get into. And they want to do it like on the side of their regular job and both, uh, those unexpected things, just like with tenants, when you dig into a home and there's foundation problems or like extensive roof or plumbing problems, or, uh, just the time suck of getting permits or dealing with those contractors. I think people greatly underestimate the time and experience needed to do that. Yes. I, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, you know, you can, people can absolutely go out and, and buy a home and, and, you know, there's a whole kind of business model around, renovating it yourself or even living in it and renovating it. And, and, you know, if you've got that kind of time, that that's fine, but you shouldn't think that it's going to be 40 or 60 or 80 hours. It's 400 or 500 or 600 hours. And, and so if you're going to spend, you know, if you've got five hours a week, that's a year and a half. Um, if you've got, you know, 10 hours a week, you're still looking at eight or nine or 10 months. And, and during that time, a multitude of things can, can happen and, and go wrong. Um, and if that's what you want to do, you know, Hey, great. Yeah. That is not passive income that is very active. Absolutely. Um, flipping houses in general is active income. Even if you have a team of people or a project manager or a contractor or something, you have to pay attention and you have to monitor them. And, right. um, if you don't have good systems in place, it is a lot of time. It's the contractor is going to call you probably daily and mm -hmm. say, hey, come down to the house and look at this. Or can you, right. you know, what do I do here? This, this is different than what we've discussed. What now? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you need to account for that level of time that's going to go into it. And yes, you know, you're also at the mercy of everyone else in the market. When, when there's a lot of people out there flipping houses, there's fewer contractors. It's harder to schedule that time. And you're going to pay a higher price, right? We have uh, ten or twelve projects going on almost all the time. We've got a full-time project manager. We've got contractors who work, a number of them who work exclusively for us, and so we're able to control our costs a little bit better and control our schedules a little bit better, and and in, in that way, ultimately save our our clients some money, right? Yeah, for sure. And and for for most people, I think you know uh, people have to recognize, and a lot of people do that 
their time is money as well. You know, a lot of people work very hard to be able to buy their time back in a sense, you know? And I, and I think that that's something that uh, can't be, can't be overestimated really is that, that time value and stuff. And especially if you are doing this on the side or, you know, whatever the case is, but I like back to the passive side of it. That's the part that, uh, that I really like from you guys. And it allows the, you know, with our, with our demographic and people we work with most in my company, it's usually the military, active duty military and it's veterans. Right. And so the biggest, uh, one of the big things for them is they're always moving or they have moved quite a bit or, you know, so they're, so they're all over the place. Right. Um, I think there's a great appeal as well to be able to be remote and invest in something, not have to be there, be able to take advantage of possibly tax advantages in states other than the one you're living in um, and not have to worry about those things when you do transfer from place to place or whatever the case is. And that's something I believe that, you know, is pretty significant of what you guys offer. Yes, we, we have the number of investors who live outside of Louisville. Um, several of them have never been to Kentucky. Um, they've never seen, other than through the pictures or videos that we sent, they've never seen the product that they bought. And again, it's just kind of like going in and, and buying Coca-Cola stock or something, right? You trust that the board of directors, you trust that the, the management at Coca-Cola is going to manage their, your, your asset um, in the best manner that they can. And um, we want it to be just that simple. So you make the investment and we take care of it. We send you a, a monthly dividend check and then you have growth at the same time in that your, your asset appreciates, your, your house appreciates. Right. And I think that's, uh, that's something we try to touch on in a lot of the subjects when we're talking is kind of that stacking effect of how all the different positives of, uh, like an investment like this can add up, you know, it's not just uh, a rental, you know, the rent check, depending on what you, you know, how much you put down or if you pay cash or whatever the case is, there's also the appreciation, there's tax benefits, uh, many different things there. Can you kind of touch on also, to me, for instance, our, our market in San Diego, right? It, prices are up there. They're, they're continuing to grow coming out of COVID right now. They're already, you know, we're seeing you know, multiple, multiple offers per home. If it's a, if it's well-priced and it's a good home within the, by the first weekend of showing it, you're getting multiple offers that people are competing against with a lot of, you know, people, especially starting out and, and especially our military clientele, some of them now have already purchased their, their family home and then possibly a condo or a second home in California for a rental property, which does, you know, bring great returns. You know, it's expensive. It appreciates quickly, but the financial, you know, burden to get into that sometimes is, is up there a little bit. So uh, kind of what we're talking with your offering as well too. Can you tell us what, like what financially, uh, what does it take to get into, you know, homes in the, your area? I know there's like, you know, obviously there's a range of homes, but what does it take and kind of what's the difference in the, I guess, return from someone putting in like say a minimum uh, payment or down payment and taking a loan or someone doing cash or, or whatever the case is, um, for your properties. Sure. Sure. So we typically sell products. Our, our primary range is, is $140,000, $150,000. That's mm-hmm. kind of the sweet spot here. We sell anywhere from 80 to 180. Um, so, and it requires for most investment type properties, it requires mm-hmm. uh, 20% down. Some lenders prefer 25. So you're talking about 20 to $30,000 to get into a property. Right. Uh, on that, and, and so when you have a mortgage, we call that a leveraged investment. 
And on a leveraged investment, our clients are seeing 10 to 12% return, cash on cash return. That's after all the fees and everything else. Right. And then they're seeing some additional return on uh, property appreciation. So we've seen numbers in the, in the mid twenties. Mm-hmm. We got in a couple of years ago today, I, I would guess, you know, probably 15, 16% overall, right. which, is, which is a really solid return. It's phenomenal. If you were to pay all cash, it works out to between six and a half and eight per, uh, cap rate. Mm-hmm. Difference there just being the fact that you put more money down, but you don't have a loan anymore. So. Right. And and that's kind of what I kind of wanted to lead to as well as in uh, your opinion on like basically what's your opinion on, would you say it's better to purchase, you know, if you have like you're saying, let's say you have a hundred thousand that you want to uh, put in there. Like to me, I, I kind of like the leverage idea. Like I don't want to, you know, be fully leveraged all the time or something, but I would prefer to have say three to four properties and leverage that and get the smaller return up front. Or this, I wouldn't even say smaller return because I think the return is better. It's a better return. actually. Yeah, exactly. And then you're appreciating four properties as well. So would you say, I mean, I, so I, I like that better for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, number one is it helps build that portfolio out quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is that, um, you know, interest rates right now are, are nearly an all time low. And when you, and you get a tax benefit of having mortgage, your, your mortgage interest is tax deductible. Um, so when you kind of factor that in, you can lock in the, the loan for 30 years. Um, so you're, you're protected against inflation. You get the tax benefits. It's almost free money uh, at, at the point in time it, when, when you consider the tax benefits and, and the inflation. Um, and then the fact that you've built out your portfolio, because now you've got four houses that you're building um, equity in. Mm-hmm. That your your residents are paying them off, and you know it doesn't matter. Like you mentioned a moment ago, it doesn't matter where you are in your career, where you are geographically. Sooner or later, those will be paid off, and now you've got four assets that are producing. Instead of a couple hundred dollars a month, they're now producing a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month individually, and so you've got six thousand dollars a month in passive income coming in off of those four properties. Right. Which is phenomenal because you really put a minimum in the grand scheme of things, you put a minimal amount of money in there. Um, and even that, even with the low interest rates, or even if they creep up a little bit, when someone else is paying the interest for you, it really just doesn't hurt as bad, does it? No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> it's not such a bad deal. Even now, um, you know, I know there's some people who are concerned and you hear a lot of news about rent strikes and, and different things like that. And, and obviously unemployment going up, but Basically, we had 98% of people pay rent two months ago. We had 92% pay this, this past month, kind of at the beginning of the month here. But, you know, people, people still need a place to live and right. they want to protect their families as best they can. And, and there's a lot of sensationalism about that. But the fact is, unless things are really, really bad, you're going to pay your rent. You're going to pay yeah. your mortgage. You're, you're going to try to keep your, your home. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of, uh, with, with that on the gosh, when you're talking about like that vacancy of like who paid rent, who didn't stuff like that, like that's another uh, point too, that I, I think on the managed side, having something fully managed for you, one of the, one of the benefits being is keeping that turnover down. Like for you guys, what kind of turnover do you guys normally see? Because I think, uh, that's another thing that I p- believe people underestimate the cost 
of a vacancy? Yes. So I tell everybody who invests with us and, and who invests in real estate in general that vacancy is the number one factor in determining whether you're going to be successful or not. If you have a high vacancy rate, I don't care what any of your other numbers are, you are not going to be successful because every year you're losing all of your income from a turnover, whether it be just the, the fact that the house is empty or the fact that the, um, someone has damaged, damaged the property or why it was vacant, it got damaged. Um, it, it is the, the number one criteria that we worry about, that, that I worry about as an as a owner myself, and that we worry about on behalf of our owners. Um, so, you know, we do everything we can to mitigate that. And some examples are our initial leases are two years. Right. So you can't rent a property from us for less than two years to start with. Um, that, you know, that kind of excludes a lot of people who are maybe just looking for something temporary and who are going to cause you that extra expense. The other thing that we do that's a little different is that our homes are nicer than most. Um, even in the same neighborhood, we charge more for that. But we also produce a product for, for the resident that because it's nicer, it's something they can't just go out and find, right? So we don't, I tell people, we're not the Walmart of rental properties. Um, we're, you're gonna, we, we look for people who want to have nicer things and who want some pride in their home and want to be able to find a place that they can live in for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that all of that effort is largely around reducing turnover, re- reducing vacancies. Right, and and it's big even in the small, even the the small repairs. I feel like just touching up paint when someone moves out, or you know, flooring, cleaning costs. It's it adds up. Yes, nationally, it's um, I believe the number is between thirty five and forty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. per turnover. Oh um, yeah, that, I can yeah. imagine. And so, you know, if you say, Hey, I'm making $200 a month or $300 a month, and I have a, you know, it's $3,600 a year in, in profit above my mortgage and everything else. Right. And I have a $3,500 turnover every year. Well, you know, all you did was make a hundred bucks that year. Yeah. And it, you have a big repair that you didn't make that. Right. No, that's a huge thing. And I think that, uh, I think in the past, that's something I've been a little short sighted on. And I know we talked about it or you, you had mentioned that being a huge factor. I think probably it's been what a year and a half, two years, last time I saw you, something like that at the, yeah, the last time. And, uh, that kind of stuck with me too. And I took a little bit harder look at, uh, some of the stuff I was doing. And then also same thing, even with my Airbnbs with the time management that it took from me and stuff like that. So it definitely opened my eyes to a little, uh, you know, a little glitches in the system there for sure. Kind of, again, I sorry to go back to the turnkey part again, but a thing that you'd said that I think I want to emphasize too, is like when you purchase a home with you guys, you have the tenant in place already where even, you know, and I'm not saying this is a bad way to do it, especially if you're managing your own, like your one property, two property or something. But if you purchase a condo or a home, let's say out here, I come in and do it myself. There's no way around having to go in and do whatever cleanup you want to do, get it prepared, whatever you want to do. And then you have to advertise that you have to get that person in. So you're paying that, you're paying that mortgage, you're paying the interest, you're paying the taxes, preparing to get a paying tenant in there. So with you guys, you're, you're kind of eating that side of it, you know, and making the money on like the renovation side, but you're, you're taking all that risk of time, not on the market out of it for the client. So when someone comes in, it's like, I buy this house from you the day that the day we close that I've already got income coming in. 
Yes. And that's, you know, you just said risk. And that, that's one of the biggest value adds that we that we offer is that we, we take a significant amount of risk in, in when we buy the house, when we renovate it. Um, if something goes wrong, that, that effectively comes out of our pocket. Right. We, we know when we buy it, what we're going to sell it for. Right. Um, that doesn't change just because we had to do extra repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our homes appraise and so we know what they're going to appraise for. And so if there's extra repairs, if there's, if there's time on market where it just sits vacant, um, we, we, we take all of that risk for you. And, and that's one of the things that we are very focused on is providing you as the client, the, the return on investment that we offer and how do we mitigate as much risk as possible for you? Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense with that side of it as well. Do, what do you guys do when there is one sitting just kind of for people on the business side of it? Do you, do you go ahead and rent it until it's sold? Take, or did, will you get a tenant in? And Yeah. So, so when we, as soon as we finish a property, we start advertising it for, and we know that we're going to sell it turnkey. Eventually we start advertising it for rent. Gotcha. And so we, we ideally, We'll sell the house maybe a week or two before it's completed. We'll, we'll put it under contract a week or two before it's completed. Gotcha. The time that it's under contract, that's around 30 days. During that 30 days, we hope to get it rented. We hope to get the construction completed. And then the appraisal will occur. And so by the time we close, we're closing on something that has a tenant in it as well as it is completed and, and appraised and everything else. So that's our ideal scenario. Right. But if it doesn't, if we don't have a investor for that right away, we're going to go ahead and, and rent the home and, and sure. wait till an investor comes. Mitigate, mitigate that, that loss just a bit in the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, can, can you give us like uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a uh, top story of a win with that or how it's turned out for someone and maybe one of your nightmare stories as well? <laughs> but the, which those are usually a little more fun to hear than experience. Yeah, no, I mean, we've got um, several investors who have been with us for four or five years now. Um, I was looking at, at, at one individual the other day. He bought properties in 2016. I think he paid like 115, around 115 each, mm-hmm. um, a little bit higher. I think it was 235 total for two, two houses. As of about a month or so ago, the original residents were still there. So they've been there for four years. They've paid him. Not only have they paid the, the original rent every month, but they we've increased their rent by 3% per year. So they're, they're paying uh, a fair amount higher than they were. And I think his total repairs and, and maintenance over that time, so his vacancy rate's been zero. Uh-huh. His total repairs and, and maintenance over that time, a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his rate and, and the properties are now worth one fifty each. Okay. His rate of return is something around twenty eight, twenty-nine percent. That's crazy. When we when we looked at per year. Yeah. So and all of his money back and and you know, from, from his initial investment and you know, it's producing twenty five hundred dollars a month minus his his loan and, and all that other stuff. It's um it, it's, you know, some really good investments there. Yeah. That's, that's pretty significant win I would say for this guy. Uh, so, so I, I need you to make me that guy. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we like to try to make everybody that guy. Yeah, let's say 15, 16% might sound good to some, but now that you've told yeah. us, you know, this story, yeah. you kind of like set yourself up. 
I don't really have a nightmare in story from an investor perspective. I'll tell you my own nightmare story. Um, Even better. I, yeah. Your, your suffering is better for all of us. From your perspective, I guess. But I purchased the house and this is one of these things, you know, when I, when I say 80 to 180, just for reference, that is not low income housing mm -hmm. in Louisville. Low income housing in Louisville ranges anywhere from basically 20 to 60, 20 to $70,000. Okay. We don't do that. We don't do a lot of section eight type stuff. We just, it, it's not our skill set. Right. Um, and, and so my own experience with that was I, you know, I thought, Hey, I'm going to do this one time. I'm going to buy this house. It's $30,000. It literally needed probably 8,000 in repairs. I did it, made it a, a decent house, looked fine in that neighborhood. It was all brick. I thought, Hey, I'm in this for 35 and, and actually, you know, I was really only in it for 20% of that. So eight or $9,000. And it was a low income neighborhood where I should have gotten six, $700 a month in rent. My costs were about two or 300. So I thought, Hey, I'm going to make really good money on this property. The first year, I think I broke even the second year. I lost about a thousand dollars. The third year I lost $5,000 and I sold the thing in the fourth year on owner financing terms. Cause I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and the problem was a lot of, you know, the, the low income people that were renting to were very transient. Mm -hmm. They would just get up and leave in the middle of the night. It didn't matter whether they were on a section eight program or not. They'd just get up and move someplace else. Right. Uh, a lot of low income people, unfortunately, maybe have never lived in a home or been responsible for taking care of a home before. So they, they just didn't know what to do. And, right. and some of them wouldn't take their garbage. We have one person just threw the garbage in the backyard. We hauled off quite a lot once they left, but, and then, you know, if they lost their job, they didn't maybe have access to resources. Mm -hmm. And so I evicted that, that third year that I owned it, I evicted two people in, in the 12 month period. And, and that's just, it's just expensive and time consuming. And, and so, you know, I, I kind of learned from that, that unless you're going to be fully engaged yeah. in a way that I, I, I really just didn't have the time or the, or the effort to do, I, I wasn't going to be a low income provider. Right. And those evictions, that's not cheap either. That that's a cost. No, it, every time, you know, it's, it's, it's always a, I, I had another property that, that I bought at the same time. It, it worked a little bit better. And that lady lived there for about four or five years and we had inspections and it was fine every year. Probably every year I had to replace the front door because she would lose the key and kick it in at some point during that, during the year. And so I had to replace the door. But the last year she opened a beauty salon in the house and had colored people's hairs and gotten all over the wall and, and some other things happened. And it was like $5,000 to pass the inspection. And you can't get paid if you don't pass the inspection. Yeah. I had to do the repairs. There was no, you know, we had an $800 security deposit. Wasn't going to cover it. We all finally agreed to go our separate ways at the end. But right. It just, yes. Nice experience. Though. I like, I'd rather learn and not do what you did on this one. And, and I have plenty of my own failures. I'm, I, I love sharing those. So other people don't make them as well, but uh, that's, that's a pretty good one. And, it's some of those numbers and some of the people uh, maybe they're out here say in my market, some of those, when you get into the five thousands and stuff like that, just sounds like a lot, no matter what, but even at the lower things, like the hundreds of dollars here or there might sound like not so much, uh, you know, in a, in a higher dollar market, but even 
for those losses in a market like this, it's still substantial, especially when you're talking, you're doing this as an investment and that's stacked upon other investments. So, you know what I mean? It's supposed to be a cumulative effect, not take away here, take away here, take away here, you know? Yes, it shouldn't take you, you know, two more investments to offset the one. Right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, right. Kind of, kind of, it kind of defeats that whole purpose. Uh, something that kind of uh, hit me when you were talking about your investor that had those two that just outperformed so many of the others, and that he had no vacancy, which, which I did know, and I've seen like a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the flyers and stuff for your for your properties. I've seen some of them online. You guys do just a phenomenal job of making them like really, really nice, nice homes. So obviously that is going to attract people to stay. But you mentioned too the low amount of repairs he had to put into those two, and that. That's something else that I think is cool to touch on that you guys do that up front. So not just a value to your clients, uh, investor clients, but also I think that's a good lesson to other people looking to invest and even manage your own that, that you can't get around certain things like you're going to have issues. But I think the, the idea of really knowing that you're going to have, what is it that you guys try to do? Like make sure you're covered, like that initial time, you don't want the major repairs. So all the major stuff, if you do that on your own, even in personal investments or properties, I think it's going to save you a lot of hassle over that first handful of years. It does. You know, so we, again, kind of going back to risk, we try to, we try to minimize the risk that we provide that, you know, that we pass on to people. Right. Um, it's a physical product. So everything is going to break eventually. Right. Uh, but we want you to be able to build um, up your reserve. Mm-hmm. and not to have those bigger expenses in those first few years of ownership. And so if the um, roof is at the end of its life, if your furnace or air conditioner at the end of its life, end of their lives, we replace those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not be leaking yet. They may not have a problem yet, but we go ahead and replace those. Right. Um, we fix everything that we can find to fix inside. Most of our homes have brand new kitchens, brand new bathrooms, updated you know, plumbing and electric systems. Um, and a, a fair number of them will, just about everything has a brand new water heater as well. And a fair number of them will have new furnaces, air conditioners, or roofs. Um, certainly, we, we have those professionally evaluated. Mm-hmm. And if it's got less than a few years of, of life left, or if it's beyond its expected life, we, we go ahead and replace it. Um, if it's kind of borderline, we'll, we will warranty that for a period of time. Again, just to kind of, so that you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. The other thing it does, it just provides a better experience for your resident too, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get somebody into a home, they nobody likes to move. They don't want to move. They don't want to leave. And if you keep them satisfied, mm-hmm. they're not going to. Right. Um, so if if they move in and the furnace breaks and the water heater leaks and the roof leaks and, and all these things happen, especially in those first couple of years or the first year, they're going to move out as soon as they can. Right. On the other hand, they don't ever have to call us. They don't, you know, and they don't have to have their lives disrupted by, by continuous problems. They're going to stay. And, and that benefits you, it benefits us, you know, benefits everyone. Right. No, that's, that's good. How do you guys like, how do you warranty for that? Do you guys do like a home warranty with it or for those things or? Our, our warranties typically cover the higher dollar, bigger ticket item, and we will warranty those. So it'll be our cost if it fails in a, in a given amount of time, right? Gotcha. So we say, look, we had the furnace expected. It's it's a little bit older, but we had it inspected. We think it's in good shape. There's no sense in spending a few thousand dollars to fix, to replace that. Right. 
But if it breaks in the next year or two years, whatever we agree upon, mm-hmm. then we'll, we'll go ahead and replace it for you. Gotcha. Yeah, that's and that's awesome because that's that's huge as well. You know, um, just knowing that taking that risk around, especially for the first few years. Uh, I like I looked at you guys. You know, you've sent me several of your you know your sheets uh, over the last few years, and it's pretty amazing that you can know going into your investment, like all the dollar amounts. You know, of course, like you're saying, like you can't. 100% predict uh, mechanical failures. You can't, ex- you know, you can't predict that fully. You can mitigate the best you can, but knowing that it's not like, oh, I think I can rent it for this if I do this, if I do that. It's like, hey, I have a tenant. I am putting this much down. This is how much money I get every month. I think that's pretty, pretty awesome as far as that. Not many investments you can really know what you're getting before you even close on it. So I think that's a huge, huge asset as well. Also, uh, what was I going to say? Like the, the one thing I want to like follow with you guys, like I won't today necessarily, but I do want to talk to you or Brian or both of you guys again, if you cause I know we're just barely introing to some of the cool stuff that uh, is available because of what you guys do, because you guys are the ones that turned me on to digging into self-directed IRAs, how to like maximize your money on that, how to protect you know, from taxes and being able to capital gains, all that stuff into an IRA versus paying all the tax money for that. So there's so many other things that I definitely want to touch on later on that I think that uh, people can utilize and really maximize. If you don't mind spending some time with us again. Not at all. Self-directed IRAs are just a powerful, powerful tool, especially, you know, you can roll money from a TSP. You can roll money from a 401k if you've got a, you know, a, a different job into those and, and use that. It's incredible what you can do there. Yeah, it's so fun. Every time I've even looked at something, uh, usually based off of something you guys have said or done, and I go a little deeper, I'm like, man, there's like, it's almost unlimited the ways that you can kind of accrue money in your account from that. And I think that's a, and it's a great way. I feel like it's a great way and something I want to talk to you guys about on here another time too. I feel like that's such a great way to teach children, if you will, like investing too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like such a safe platform to teach the different avenues. Like you can have a, you know, your, you can have your 12 year old and with a self-regulatory account and just help him like take his little bit of money and really understand finance and, you know, how uh, interest and taxes and all those things impact. So I think that's a really cool learning tool if people wanted to utilize it that way. Yes, absolutely. Your kids can have um, HSAs for health. They can have college funds um, in a self-directed IRA, and they can own property or they can own percentages of property within that um, and build those accounts. Yeah. I think if you get that infectious, you get them in kind of that infectious mentality that early, I think it's kind of uh, just, it's just no stopping what, what can be done over time when someone understands at that age, you know, it really does compound so quickly. Yeah. Well, Eric, can you, can you uh, let us know how people that, uh, can reach out to you or get more information or what are the, some avenues they can uh, hit you up if they're interested in more from this? Sure. If they want to learn more, then go to our website. It is um, freedompropertygroup.com. Also, if you do um, fpg-ky.com, that gets you the same place that so you can go there. Um, and then if you want to uh, contact me, you can email me through invest at fbg-ky.com. And, and in myself, I'll give you my cell phone. It's 502-921-3989. So people can call there. And um, you know, if I don't answer, leave a message and I'll get back with you. 
Awesome. No, I really appreciate that. And we'll also, if anyone you know didn't capture any of that, they can reach out to us at any of our website, emails, phone numbers, and we'll get you the information to connect with Eric. And I think it's uh, even if you're just starting to look for options, uh, just such great information. You and Brian just really helped me out a lot and learning so much about the the options that I have. And I think it's just really a great, that in itself, the knowledge is a great resource to so many people to look out to do it. So I thank you for that, for uh, all the all the experience in the past, and I'll be hitting you up personally some more for more of that, and uh, and hopefully to get a, a couple places soon. If get, get me near the Bourbon Trail so I can come visit those yeah. for another <laughs> time. Right. Once once all this passes, we'll, we'll need to have you out here so you can come check it out. Sounds good, Eric. Thanks so much, man. I really do appreciate it. Good talking to you again, Jay. All right, man. You too. See ya. Bye.